Thank you. 
raise your hand around. Mike, we have some people. You have a prayer card? Alright, you have a prayer meeting. Uh, ask for a prayer card with Mike. Put it out. You're going to one that I come back to church. I'm going to add it to our, our prayer list for Monday night prayer. And also, I will be praying over the person who will join you in your prayer needs. So ask one of those if you have one. Uh, as you give today, we appreciate giving. And uh, we're thankful for the church. And, that God is our provider and our giving is part of our worship and the response to the provision of God is constantly bringing uh, to our lives. I'm so grateful if I really sat down and thought about the time that God had provided in ways that it just had to have been there. There was no other way but He made a way. It's just actually kind of back in my mind that, that he's not just a God who's out there, but he's a God who is perfect. And he shows up in our life in so many different ways, obviously, but in provision is one of those. And we're always grateful for the provision that God brings to our lives. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let me pray over your offering. If you have something, you can bring it down to these baskets down here. Lord, we thank you that you are who you are. And we were, we were just singing a song. We, can, we can't believe how good the Lord is, and that's true. Lord, there's so many different ways that you've shown up in our lives and provision in being one of them, Lord, that gift. We are people of this day, our daily bread is in constant prayer. Even beyond that, Lord, uh, that you brought things, Lord, that we can in turn be givers too. And it's not just about what we get, but Lord, what you teach us to do as you are a provider. And we thank you for that. So we give today to life of faith. We're, we're giving ourselves to you in all things, including what we have in our bank account, what comes in from our jobs, and, and all these different things. Work. It belongs to you also, because you are the Lord of all parts of our life. And, and I thank you for always being in front of us with that provision. In Jesus' name, in all prayers. Amen. 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 I'm to be happy this morning. I do have a, a couple of announcements for you. Uh, February kicked off our, our winter and spring uh, small group semester. So if you are not a part of a small group and you want to be, and by the way, it's one of the best ways to get to know people relationally in our church. There's a post on the back, we're back on the list of groups and their times and where they meet. If you have questions about that, you can see me. But a couple quick highlights. Joy Fellowship. Where are Phil and Patsy? Oh, they're, the, oh, they're way back. Okay. Bill and Patsy, they got Joy Fellowship next Sunday at 5 o'clock. Okay, if you have questions about that, see them. And also, the ladies' coffee is this Saturday at 9 a.m. right here. If you have questions, you can see Margo about that. So get connected to the small group. Uh, there's a wonderful way, not only relationships, but ways that we find freedom uh, as we walk with Jesus. Uh, second thing is this. Uh, love for marriage is coming quickly. So it's a week from this Friday. Uh, Friday, March the 1st, 6 to 9 p.m. Uh, we provide child care. We provide dinner. It, it kind of starts around 6. Uh, we will actually open the food about quarter till. So you can come about then if you want to eat. And then we'll just put the fellowship eating. And then we'll, we'll kick off a little bit after 6 o'clock. Uh, 6 to 9 p.m. is a long evening book. We have session that night. The sessions are number uh, one is unity. The second session, which we're doing, is Harmony, and the last best, uh, session, which Pastor Rick and Ritter are doing, is Intimacy. So, that's Love Your Marriage. Uh, it'll be a wonderful time. Please sign up back for that. Uh, we're obviously providing the group. We'll just make sure we have enough food for everybody. And your kids, by the way, will eat with what we provide up here. And then we will actually be contacting if you want to listen. If you're bringing your kids, that way we have enough uh, 
a child here for that. But again, a good marriage, listen, a good marriage doesn't happen by accident. Amen. Amen. You've got to pay attention to it, you've got to work at it. So a loving marriage is a night where we're going to uh, strengthen our marriages together. So again, it's not a back there. And if you're not married, if you're thinking about it, if you want to get married or whatever, uh, come on out. It's, it's good for that also. And last but not least, believe it or not, Easter's coming. My goodness. So uh, if you didn't know, uh, Easter is the early Easter this year. It's the last Sunday of March, so it's about a month and a half from now. Uh, I bring it up because of this. We have 40 days of scripture reading for Easter, and that starts on Wednesday. So, Mike, you want to grab these. They're in the back on the back table under the Gather Your Sign. The white piece of paper. Other table. There you go. If you want one of these, raise your hand up. I can give them out right now. And it's just the daily scripture reading guide, uh, 40 days reading up to Easter. Um, and we're going to concentrate on Jesus uh, during that time. And, and obviously our lives are built on him, but especially this time of year, as uh, Good Friday and then Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, we'll celebrate together. And it helps to bring our homes to the death and resurrection of Jesus. And that's what these scripture reading guides are all about. So, uh, Start on Wednesday. So grab one of those and uh, let's see if God builds our hearts and, and reinforces to us what the death of Jesus and his resurrection is for us. All right, so if you have a Bible, you can get them out as our pastor was out there Chamberlain. It's good to have you today. Uh, wind, wind blow back roads and the snow and all that. I'm glad you guys made it out. I did hear, not this week, but the following week is supposed to get up like 65. Yes. So, yeah. Really. And then what will happen is it's going to be the next week will be 20. Don't get your hopes up yet. Proverbs chapter 3. We, we've been keying out of this little passage of scripture for a while now. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5 and 6. Let's just, let's just read that together and then we'll uh, talk about priorities today. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. So the Christian life it's really learning to trust God with your life. And when you trust God with your life, you begin to acknowledge Him in all the things that you do in your life. And if you're able to acknowledge Him with everything that you do, He'll make your path straight. Again, it's not a perfect life, necessarily an easy life, a life without bumps and bruises or speed bumps or whatever. But what it means is in the ways of righteousness, He'll make your path straight. Which is really the goal. We gotta learn to trust him. And again, something we say here so much, but you really have to believe that his way is the best way. Amen. Again, Jesus is your savior. Yeah, I want him to forgive me my sins. I want him to help me when I'm in trouble. But he's also, is he the Lord of your life? In other words, directs your life. Because if he's savior minus being Lord of your life, then you'll never live in the path of righteousness. Because you'll still live life the way you want to. 
not only save you, but then show you what true life and abundant life is all about. So I got, I got Nehemiah back there on the computer. So if you'll throw that first screen up for me. Life is best when ordered God's way. That's what we've been talking about. Life is best when ordered God's way. In other words, when God is able to take your life and order it in a way that he knows is best in his wisdom and his understanding about what true life is really all about. What happens is when God is able to order your life the way he wants, yes, because he's Lord of your life, he'll tell you some things that shouldn't be in your life. Amen. Like sin. But then also, there's going to be a lot of things that are uh, available to you in this life. It may not necessarily be sin, but it's not really beneficial to you. And let you, you know some of those things, too. So, so it'll be, okay, true life and abundant life, paths of righteousness, straight paths this way. Yes, there's things that should be involved in your life because, well, you're following Jesus and you're following him and he's ordering your life. But then there's going to be a whole bunch of stuff that should be in your life, but sometimes even those things get out of order and out of place. And they, they have effects on your life and, and on the people around you that should not be. So life is best when ordered God's way. So back in order, we're talking about priorities. And we often, because we have so many things in life, we often end up trying to juggle life and put things in the right place and, and, and sometimes do our best just, just to make it. Okay. But there is an order that God has for us that we can call priorities that come from his wisdom that lead us in a place of abundant life. Because everything he's asking of us has to do with abundant life and true life and life as he intends it to be. Life in him after salvation. Okay, that's where he's taken. And it ends up in eternity with him. Okay, eternal life. But we have to allow him to order our lives and not resist when he's trying to say, hey, this way is the best way, and then sometimes we fight him about it. Like, like we have wisdom that's greater than his. Now, the thing about God is this, and, and some uh, kind of a mentality I want you to have. God is not a priority that you try to stick in your life. Y'all you know, hear people say, well, God is my number one priority. I understand what you're saying. Yes, yes, yes. But if you treat God like a priority, eventually he won't be number one. And that's just the way we are. God is whom you've given your life to, and now he sets the priorities in your life. He's not something you try to stick into your life. He is who you give your life to. And you have to think about the way in salvation. Salvation is not why accepted Jesus in my heart, I'm, I'm going to try to do this on my terms. No. Salvation is I've given my life to him. Now he gets to do what he wants with me because he knows that. He's creator. He is a creator in original creation as he makes us, but he's also the one who offers us new life and salvation. He's always putting new life in front of us if you're willing to allow him to order your life the way that's best. So God is not a priority, but he is who you put your life to and give your life to. Again, it is about abundant life. 
Uh, so today, I'm going to give you top two priorities of your life that won't affect everybody here. So if you're here today and you're not married, and you don't intend to get married, that's okay. Or you're here today and you don't have kids, well, that's what I'm going to talk about today. I'm going to talk about your spouse and I'm going to talk about your kids. But, but, but if you're here and you're not married and you don't intend to get married you don't have kids, just understand this, that uh, relationships in your life should be healthy. And because we are relational beings, God made us for relationships. We have to live in a way where we are healthy in the relationships that we have. Okay, so that's the first thing. The second thing is, if you're not married but you want to be, this is good for you anyways. But, but, by the way, if you're not married and you want to be, here's one big thing. I just want to throw this out. Learn this. Learn to let God be your source in life in everything. Amen. So when you do get married, you don't lean on your spouse for everything because they're not God anyways. Okay? So I want to talk to you today about your spouse and, and your kids. Priority. The number one priority of your life, if you are married, is your spouse. And you can mark that down, highlight it, circle it, draw little stars around it. Number one priority of your life, if you're married, is your spouse. Now, now, now here's the thing, listen to this. Everybody goes through different seasons of life in their life. So, for example, <clears throat> it's okay. You can leave it here. Um, first married, and how long were we married before we had our first kid? Two years, okay. And, and actually, the doctor had told her she had what's called endometriosis. You may not have kids, so if you want to have kids, you better do it soon. And whatever, but we, we ended up having Brian, our oldest, and then every three years we have another one, like, like clockwork. Just for freedom, right? But there's a season of life where our kids are little and they're young. All the way through to now, we're essentially empty nesters. As a matter of fact, the grandbaby coming pretty soon, my goodness. Amazing stuff. But anyway, so, so there's seasons of life of, of early marriage, middle marriage, and late marriage, or seasons of life of raising your kids until they leave the house to become productive citizens of society in their own right. There, there are seasons of life and jobs. There may be seasons of your life and you're putting in long and hard hours at your job, working hard, making a way, maybe paying off some early debt or something. I don't know. But we all go through different seasons of life. In 10 years, your season of life will be different than your season of life today. But here's the thing I want you to understand. So Nehemiah, throw this up on the screen, please, that second slide. Does your spouse feel that they are your first priority no matter the season of life? And that's important. See, my goal, and, and, and I don't know if I've accomplished this entirely, from the time that I said, I do, which by the way, the covenant sanctioned by God, I do, until the day Whichever one of the parts of this earth first, that she has felt our entire life together that she was my priority. Number one. 
amongst the list of other things that I'm doing and amongst the other priorities I have in my life. Has she felt that way and will she continue to feel that way? Because your spouse is your number one priority in life. So as an example, let's say it is with um, your job and, and you may be working hard to provide and that's a good thing. We're going to talk about those kind of things next week. Nothing wrong with working hard. Nothing wrong with putting in long hours. There's nothing wrong with coming home tired at the end of the work day. Nothing wrong with that stuff. But in the midst of that kind of a season, does your spouse still feel like they are your priority? That's a big question. Or were your kids? From, from the littlest ones like Mrs. Sienna right there, uh, all the way through until uh, she gets older and then make, maybe she's a soccer star someday, I don't know. And, and she's playing club soccer and they're traveling all over the place playing soccer. And then, then later in life, you know, whatever. No matter the season of raising your kids and the activities they're involved in, whatever goes on in life, do Joe and Kelly, in the midst of that, still feel that they are their spouse's first priority? Genesis chapter 2. Let's just go back to the beginning here. Genesis chapter 2 and verse number 18. So why do I say your spouse is your first priority? Well, that's pretty good. Genesis 2, 18. It says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone, and I will make her a helper for him. Jump down to verse 21. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up the place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made it into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This is the last, this, this at last, bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, and she shall be called woman because she was taken out of the man. Verse 24. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become what? One what? Flesh. Now, your spouse is the only thing in this world that you are one flesh with. Think about that. The only thing. That's why your spouse is your greatest priority in this life. Even your kids, okay, two became one flesh and you had kids, you had flesh. But even then, your kids are not one flesh with you in the same sense. Your spouse is even priority over your kids because if your marriage is messed up, it will affect your kids. Amen. Come first. You've got to take care of your spouse. To become one flesh, and we live life, listen, together. Together. That's the big thing, together. And as Jesus uh, emphasizes what the scripture says, what God has united together, let man not separate. This whole business of two one flesh in, in covenant, 
When you said, I do, Jesus said the Sermon on the Mount, let your yes be yes. Right? You're one flesh physically, therefore you're one flesh inwardly also. Together, together. And when you join together in a marriage relationship, you are pretty much saying, you as an individual, there is nobody in this world like you. Because this was a choice, by the way, getting married was a choice that you made. In America, we don't have arranged marriages. I can't state these exact things in another country, maybe. But in America, marriage is free will. You chose to do this. You took covenant on your choice. And out of all the fish in the sea, this is the fish you chose. Your choice. And you pretty much said, when you did that, nobody else is for me. Nobody else is for me. I choose this. And crazy enough, they chose that. Thank the Lord. But two became one flesh, and this is priority in life. So in the seasons of life, does your spouse know continually that they are your first priority? Your spouse should be your deferral in all things. Your spouse should be your default in all things. See, Ephesians chapter 5, let me say something to the man. The Apostle Paul is pretty, in the scriptures, when he talks about marriage, he's very progressive. We don't see him this way, but I'll tell you what I mean by that in a minute. Because in Paul's day, in Paul's day, the men could do whatever they wanted to do, and the women were the one that had to live by guidelines when it came to marriage. And a man could put a woman away for any reason. And Paul, being progressive, in Ephesians chapter 5, he puts the onus on the man in the marriage relationship. He says, and you don't have to go there, I'm just going to tell you. It says, submit therefore to one another, wives submit to your husbands, and husbands, that's all little different ways. Now watch what he says to the men. Husbands, love your wife. As Christ loved the church Amen. and gave himself up for Amen. her. Amen. And that comes with a pile of bricks. <laughs> love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for the church so they can be the church. Right? <clears throat> now, when your spouse dies, your wife is your first priority. She will know it. And in the times when you are not perfect at it, she will still know your intentions, and that goes a long way. But when your spouse doesn't feel like they are your first priority, and then it really shows up because you're not perfect, then we have trouble. That makes sense. Now, I am by far not even close to being a, a, a perfect husband, and I'm not even going to let her have a mic and tell you why. All right? <laughs> we'll be here for a little bit. 
But be, though I'm not perfect, I think, I hope, I believe that she knows that she's my first priority. Therefore, when I'm not perfect, my intention goes a long ways because she knows. See what I'm getting at? Because we won't be perfect to our spouse. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to do things that aren't right. We're going to say things. We're going to have attitudes. We're going to be short sometimes. We're going to grumble at them. We're going to what, what? Fight. Fighting, fighting as a married couple is not wrong. You just have to learn how to fight right. There's a certain way to fight right because they're your priority. So in other words, even when you're fighting with your spouse, you're fighting for your spouse and not against your spouse. You got to learn to fight for your spouse. Right? That she is my first priority. And if I, I as, a, as a husband, to look at my wife and, and, and Paul is telling me, I've got to learn to love her as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Not the person sitting next to her. Not the person at my workplace. Not the person wherever in this world. Right here. Priority. And when that priority gets out of whack in your life, so does a whole bunch of other stuff. So back to job. If my job ends up being my priority, even in, even in my intentions to provide, if my job gets out of whack and out of place, then my job will cause me to neglect my wife, who's my number one priority. <clears throat> and things are out of whack, out of place. So even if I'm working hard, putting long hours in, coming home tired, and, and my wife works also, by the way, and she's working, and, but we still have to know at the end of the work they were still each other's priority. And how do you do that? Well, attention. Taking time. My wife knows that she's my priority because I'm not blowing up at her in anger all the time. That though I had to grow in this early on, I'm willing to listen. That when she wants to do things, we'll do things she wants to do. Not just all the stuff I like to do. See, I'm getting it. Priority, right here. Nowhere else. Starts right here. Because it's the only person in the world that I entered into to become one flesh covenant. Right here. And live life together. Now, here's the thing. Let me just say this too. It's not just your job. I have hobbies. I like to hike. As you guys know, I bow hunt. As you guys know, I like to fish. Those things should never take priority over my spouse. Never. Now, my wife likes me to do what I like to do, so she gives space for it. She, she likes me to do those things, but I would never take advantage of that. And especially, and even, let's just say something about those things. So, when my kids were especially little, little, I did those things, but not often. And the older my kids got, the less attention they need just to survive life, the more I was able to do my hobbies. So I'm getting it. As life changes, and then certain things are changing balance and how much and all those things. But it starts with her, but then it goes to your kids. If you have kids, they're your second priority. Not your hobbies. Not your work. Nehemiah, throw that last slide up, if you would, please. Another question. 
Do your kids know you love them by your actions? By your actions. Now, some of you have grown up in homes where your dad never told you that he loved you, or, or maybe your family never was affectionate in that way, verbalizing their love, maybe they never showed it. So if you have kids, turn that around. Let them know, not just by what you say, but let them know by your actions in what you do. Uh, your, I brought this up a couple weeks ago, your phone. You can get home from work and want to relax and end up sitting scrolling on this thing for like three hours. All the while your wife and your kids are in the house somewhere, or your husband and your kids are in the house somewhere. That's not beneficial. Not simple, but it's not beneficial. This thing can cause you to neglect your spouse and neglect your kids. Right here. So your kid, you, you tell them you love them, you should. And you should tell them all the time. Especially when they get older and they get tired, you tell them. Tell them anyway. Never stop. But then show them too. My thing, it's funny. We will go home. I think my parents are probably watching the live We will go home to visit my parents from time to time throughout here. We have a group of Pennsylvania. We take a trip and visit them. My mom will do anything for me. Anything. What do you want to eat? She knows I'm coming. She, she knows I'm coming almost every time there's an apple pie waiting for me. She knows I like My mom's still my mom. My parents, I'm 51 years old. We talk on the phone every time they end with, I love you. They'll never stop. You never stop being a parent. That's right. Right? And even though eventually they move out of your house and they live on their own, or maybe they move away, listen, while you have them in your home, pay attention to them. Amen. If you have more than one kid, maybe it's taking personal time with each of you from time to time. Plan time if necessary. Fight for them in prayer. Fight for them in prayer. Now, let me just say this along with this. Remember when we did the uh, series Shelter from the Storm? Remember that a few months ago? If you're fighting for your kids in prayer, then make sure the way you live lines up with what you're praying about. Yep. You pray that the devil doesn't get in your home, but don't be the avenue and the source of it yourself. That's right. By the way, you have it. Because the biggest thing you can leave for your kids is example. Example. Amen. So it's kind of like this. Let, let's, say, let's say you break out the Bible with your kids sometimes and you read scripture to them and, and talk about it. One, do that. By the way, the church should not be the primary source of the growth of the Christian faith in your household. Amen. It's you. We help you, right? Amen. And let's say, and we're the fruit of the Spirit on Wednesday nights right now, so let's just talk about that. Let's say last night you read from the fruit of the Spirit to your kids. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. 
That's the avenue of life that God has for us that grows in us as we walk with the Spirit. Amen. Amen. And you turn around constantly yelling and screaming and losing control of your anger. They're going to remember what you do more than how many times you've read the fruit of the Spirit. So. Set an example for your kids. And that means you need to grow. Proverbs 22. Verse number 6. The wisdom of the Proverbs sets a course in raising our kids. Very simply. Proverbs 22 says, Train up a child in the way he should go. And even when he is old, he will not depart from it. In other words, you do a foundation. Even if they depart, they will come back to it. Your job as a parent, again, very imperfect because we're not perfect parents. I was not a perfect father. But with the help and wisdom of the Holy Spirit, we are charged with raising up our children in the way they should go. Right? My spouse is my first priority, my kids are my second. Because they're in my home with me. And I'm charged to raise them up in the, the way of life, the way they should go. But let's look at Ephesians chapter 6 real quick. Let's jump back there. Ephesians chapter 6. We'll start in verse 4. And Paul gives a charge here. He said, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. Other translations say, Fathers, don't exasperate your kids. There's a certain way of raising them up that you do it with the wisdom and the help of the Holy Spirit. And by the way, disciplining your kids is the biggest thing you can do for them. That's the one area where they don't understand that you love them when you do it, but later on they'll figure it out and they'll be thankful for it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but don't raise your kids in a way that you're exasperating, you're hard on them, you're harsh. Raise them up in the ways of the Lord. Now, I make teenagers right now sitting here. We've got kids' church going. Who's, who's a teen, young person? Teenagers. Uh, let me see. Raise your hand. Okay, I want you to all look at me real quick. <laughs> Keep looking at me. Ephesians 6 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. <laughs> Takes two tango. Be thankful you have kids, parents, that are wanting to raise you in the ways of the Lord. As much as they're able to, they'll tell you the why behind the what. They'll, they'll try their best. But listen. And they will help you become what God intends you to be. Because if we believe that God's particular in creation, you ended up with a mom and dad that he put you with. They're not perfect. But yet, but yet, with the help of God, they will raise you right. We believe that. So, you can think of 15 or 20 things in your life that you're involved with. I bet. Make a list. Whatever you have on your list, the things you have to do, and the things that you want to do, 
and things you don't have to do that you do do, right? You got a list. Whatever your list looks like, make sure your spouse is at the top. And make sure your kids are number two. And if you're putting your life in that kind of order, then the Lord can help keep your path straight. Here's what I know. When it comes to marriage, by the way, when we end up talking with a couple about uh, issues going on, more often than not, it comes right back to the spouse was not prioritized. It didn't got out of order. Distractions and, and focuses and, and time and even money sometimes. Build a pattern where the wife was somewhere, or the husband was somewhere on the list, but not at the top. So whatever that means for you as a couple, then do it. So I've learned my spouse likes time sometimes. I'm not a time-eating person, but, but she can be. So what I have to do is make sure I spend time. It's not, it's not like she... It's not like she's got a checklist. I need like 40 hours a week of time where we're staring each other in the face. No, not like that. But time, when it's warm out, I walk on Sunday night. But time, now and then maybe watching a Netflix show together. It's just time. That's what she desires. She knows I'm busy. She knows that I do a lot. She knows I got hobbies. But she just wants some time. And then if life gets so crazy, what we do is schedule it. We make it a point to make it happen. Why? Priority. And there was a season of life for five or six years where the church I was youth pastor at, we did, we did church Wednesday night, Saturday night, and Sunday morning. And we had worship team practice on Saturday, so I was there at like 1 o'clock in the afternoon. I got home at like 9 at night, and we had church Sunday, church Wednesday, regular work week, then counseling, everything in the evenings. Busy. I had to make sure that she knew I was in priority. And she knew mine. Make sure. And you got to think that way. Right? And then close down your kids. Spending time. Encouraging them. Praying with them. Whatever it takes. But you know your spouse better than anybody because you're two one flesh. You should. So as you know your spouse, then you know what they need. Then guess what? You know your kids better than anybody else, too. And by the way, your kids will be different. They won't be the same. All three of my kids were vastly different people. So we raised them according to who they were. Foundational uh, things for all of them, but then different because they're different individuals. Pay attention to See? Life is best when ordered God's way. Amen? Let's take Now, go along with this. Don't forget, love your marriage coming up on March 1st. It's a great time to come and focus on your spouse. By the way, we, we do something if you did sign up for this called Marriage Minutes. Uh, Almost every other week, we send out a one-minute video encouraging you about your marriage. If you don't get that, let me know. 
write your, write your cell number down, and what kind of phone you have, if it matters, iPhone or Android, you'll get a text every week, every other week or so with that encouragement about your marriage. We want strong marriages in our church. So I want you to do right now is I want you to think about you. It's not my job to change my spouse. It's my job to change me. Heard that. And I want you, for a moment, to think about you. And I don't want to start fights, so don't go home and ask. <laughs> I, want, I don't want to screw a marriage counselor over the next few weeks, all right? <laughs> don't go home and say, am I the biggest priority you think so? You want to do that, you go for it. But how about you just start right here and you ask yourself, do I treat my spouse? as my priority. And if not, then what are you going to do about it? Because we can talk like this, but if you're, if you're not willing to apply and then go the hard road of change, it will never change. Think about your kids. Are my kids right up there? In my attention, in my time, Encouragement. If not, what are you going to do to change? But here's the thing. Everybody has a chance to start today. And your future in him is wide, wide open. And your marriage, I listen, I'm going to tell you, your marriage isn't dead. It just needs some better conditions. And I've seen testimonies like that over and over and over again. Get your future wide open, right in front of you. What are you going to do to bring life to it? Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you help us. We're in these relationships for a reason. And I pray that you give each of us wisdom. You open our eyes a little bit, you open our ears a little bit to hear. I pray that, that we are people that are never satisfied where we're at, but we're always growing forward. And I pray nobody here has neglected their spouse, they're not neglected of the kids that they have. But Lord, that we live life your way. And we live life by the priorities that you have given us. And Lord, we're not perfect. We need help. I need help. Help me. Help us. To be the best spouse we can be. To be the best parent we can be. To live in the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, strengthened and encouraged in you. You Lord, to give a strong discernment about things in life. Lord, you're constantly giving direction to us. You're speaking to us very clearly. That we live a life connected to you in a way that benefits those around us. So Lord, help us. And I pray that we are a church of thriving marriages. We're a church of children being raised in the things of the Lord, growing strong roots even when they're young. 
simply because we're keeping in step with you. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We all say Amen. Amen. All right. Well, thanks for coming today. If you want further prayer about anything, come on down. We'd love to pray with you before you go. If not, Wednesday night, we're in the Spirit. We're going to have a bad day Sunday. We're going to have a good week. Thank you.